the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good morning, everybody. It is Monday, the 29th day of January 2024. So glad you are here. And man, have we got a lot. Last week was just packed with so much news, and this week may really be no different. We have an interesting election tomorrow in Texas House District 2. Jill Dutton and Brent Money were both on Lone Star Politics on Channel 5. little chunk of audio with both of them. The standoff continues. Abbott and Biden at the border. Speaking of Biden and the border that he has willfully opened, uh, the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, will face counts of impeachment this week. Uh, They seem richly deserving, uh, and they are richly deserving. The question I keep coming back to, and and I know that some of this, well, it's all political theater, but I always remind you that when I say political theater, I don't mean that necessarily dismissively. I don't mean that it's just grandstanding. I don't mean that it's just for show. I don't mean that it has no purpose. Uh, Greg Abbott uh, bussing a bunch of migrants into the uh, to the blue cities is political theater, but it's also sound policy. It is designed to to be images on the TV box. We go, dang, we have a huge problem at the border. And when big Democrat mayors are actually you know hitting on Biden and saying, man, we have huge problems at the border. Well, that, that's a successful chunk of political theater. The impeachment of Mayorkas could be the same. It is, it will be, it, it'll pass the House. It'll pass the House committee. It'll pass the House in full and then completely die in the Senate. There's no way in the world that two-thirds of the senators are actually going to remove Alejandro Mayorkas. So does that make it worth doing? It can because it will reveal the degree to which the border is willfully open, and that dovetails right back into Biden versus Abbott. The state of Texas has had war declared on us by the Biden administration, blockading, standing in the way of legally challenging, threatening our right to defend ourselves as the Constitution entitles us to do. The majority of America is absolutely on Texas side on this. And uh, and, and once again, as we begin a fresh new week, uh, the Biden administration is, remains painted in a corner. They can either slink away uh, in admission of their failure, or they can try to uh, to bring a really needless, tense conflict to the border of Texas and try to do something to get our folks to surrender that Park and Eagle Pass. Because guess what? You want that razor wire? You can come and take it. Uh, speaking of confrontations, ever since uh, it's not like October 7th and the the horrific terroristic uh, 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 wave of, of evil that washed over Israel was the beginning 
of the obvious tensions uh, with regard to the, to the real actors in the Middle East, Iran, and their real enemy, us, or well, Israel and us, obviously, Israel being the, uh, the, the point, the, the, the state they seek to eradicate violently. But we, of course, remain the evil enemy. Because we are their ally. That's that, 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 nothing new about that. But what has been brought into sharp focus since 107 uh, is the degree to which Iran, through its proxies, the Houthis and various other folks who are able to apply various levels of evil across the Middle East, are looking to kill Americans. Uh, if we can kill Israelis, great, kill Americans. That's the bonus plan. And they have, in fact, done so. Three U.S. service members dozens are, are killed, dozens more injured in this overnight attack on a military base in northeast Jordan. And and there is and there is President Biden. We will respond. Will we really? I mean we might. I mean whoever's running the country could very well could very well craft a uh, a response. Uh, but just it, it, it ugh. I that I take no pleasure in this. We've we've got to get rid of this president. We have, we have, we have got to this. We just can't with this. This is unsustainable. And, you know, a lot of attention to Trump over the weekend, <laughs> you think, post Iowa, post New Hampshire, the media desperately attempting to keep Nikki Haley afloat. She was given the entire first half of Meet the Press by Kristen Welker. Um, you know, and, and God bless Ambassador Haley, Governor Haley. She, she is an accomplished woman. She's done a lot of good things. Her continued candidacy is at best an annoyance and at worst an impediment to what we should be doing in Republican land, which is uniting behind President Trump in order to beat Joe Biden in November. Anything else done otherwise right now is wheel spinning and a waste of time and a waste of money. Um... The question being asked of a lot of people on ABC, Martha Raddatz went into, I guess, I think Pennsylvania and spoke to some Trump supporters. And they always have the, the media uh, perspective always has some front loaded questions. She talked to Tim Scott. You know, you said Biden won the election. Trump doesn't. How in the world do you square that difference? Like, dude, no one. I don't say no one cares. We all care. But that is so not a part of 2024. Uh, and with these voters in Pennsylvania, Martha, I think, think tossed up some uh, some audio of Trump being Trump, being fairly sharp elbowed and brash, as he will do. How does that unite the country? How does that unite the country? How do open borders unite the country, Martha? How does walking around saying we got 34 genders unite the country? How does inadequately addressing crime in our cities unite the country? How does telling taxpayers they need to pay other people's college loans, how does that unite the country? Enough. Now, that having been said, you know what does bring people together to coalesce behind a certain politician? Because nothing will ever unite. Shoot, nine eleven didn't unite us except for about you know ninety percent of America for about ten minutes it seemed. But uh, there is no such thing as unity. It's a fool's errand to pursue it. What you need at any given point is a majority of Americans thinking your ideas are better than the other guys. That's what you need. There will always be dissenters. There will always be people. Even I mean Reagan, hugely popular president, right? There were people who said, "I don't like this guy." It, it, it's called America. It's called difference of opinion. Uh, but you know what does serve to do that? You know what does tend to do that? 
successful policies. Bill Clinton, a left-of-center president by any definition, gets grudging credit decades later because we had relative peace and relative prosperity. Now, that was the the 90s where the second full decade of the Reagan boom. But, hey, you benefit from stuff. What will help President Trump, what will power his victory, if we are blessed to receive it, will be a skillful communication to voters that you can feel the way you want to feel about any one of a number of issues. You may not agree with us on everything, but A, those people are insane. They want open borders. They think it's okay to carve up your little girl because she thinks she's a boy. They think that 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 crime's just not a problem. They think the economy's doing well. What? So you have that. And also, wasn't your life better when we were in charge? Wasn't the economy just humming along? Didn't the world seem safer? We didn't have two hot wars break out during Trump. It is things like that that can help people coalesce behind you. Let's coalesce behind this. Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. Guide us and our leaders to respond with clarity and certainty to acts of evil committed against us around the world. We thank you, Lord, every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where a constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Uh, On the program today at 9.05, we will complete our tour through the candidates, the Republican candidates, looking to succeed Drew Springer in uh, State Senate District 30. Uh, Drew having uh, given us quite the curveball last week and came right on the show to do it, which I appreciate, came on the show and described how he's just uh, repelled by Ken Paxton seeking to, uh, to to offer no contest to the whistleblower charges just to get past this. Let's settle this up and move on so we can all get back to our lives. Uh, that struck Drew as an admission of guilt, which it is factually not, yet he continues to say that. And I love Drew. This Speaking of things I take no pleasure in, just what the hell, man? Excuse me. Just what? What? God, it was, oh, let's re-impeach Paxton. First of all, that's stupid. Has zero chance of happening. So the, you know what? You want to talk about empty posturing? This is empty posturing. This gives off every stench of Drew has hated Ken for a couple of years and wanted to get some licks in, put a shiv in the ribs on his way out because he ain't running for re-election. And I wonder how it would work if he were having offered, you know, having rolled out this turd for the voting public. Hey, let's re-impeach Paxton. Oh, great idea. So anyway, um, be interesting to see. 
uh, the four people running to succeed him in the Republican Party might think of this. Uh, hope uh, Brent Hagenboo can join us. We'll, we'll ask him if he actually lives in the district. Courts will settle that, but I'd, I'd like his uh, version of events. Uh, had Carrie Demore on, had uh, J.C. Arbor on. Today we meet Cody Clark at 9.05. And I'll ask him, A, do you think Brent lives in the district? And then I'll ask him, B, do you agree? It's And it's funny because all four of these folks are trying to get, uh, you know, Drew Springer voters. You know, the folks who voted for him, they all now want those voters to vote for them. So I'll ask Cody, uh, uh, what do you think of the incumbent's wish to uh, re-impeach Ken Paxton? Writing a letter to Lieutenant Governor Patrick saying, I think we ought to reopen this. Right. <sighs> well, no matter how perplexing and bum-fuzzling many things may be, it could be worse. You could be the Detroit Lions. Dude, we have our Super Bowl. I am mostly happy because I was going to root for the Chiefs all the way through no matter what because I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Andy Reid. The city of Kansas City is awesome. And you know what? Dynasties are fun. Remember when we used to have one around here? <laughs> uh-huh. Dynasties are fun. So uh, God bless the Chiefs. I totally knew they were going to beat the Ravens. You don't know it like you know your own name. And God bless Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Great season. But they're the, the, the Chiefs are a force of nature, and I think they will win the Super Bowl two, uh, two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from yesterday. Come, come on, man. You got two weeks. You got two, we, have, we have that virtually every year, right? Sometimes it's been one week, and I guess two makes sense because you got everybody has to gear up. You know, got to get Taylor Swift's steamer trunks to, to Las Vegas. <laughs> Did you see them? See Travis and Taylor? They are adorable. Don't be a hater. Don't, don't be a jerk. And it's that's that's fantastic. Good good for both of them. Uh, there's huge tension. It's funny. There shouldn't be because I think I, even I can figure this out. You know what Taylor Swift will be doing in the days leading up to the Super Bowl? Uh, she will not be uh, canoodling around uh, the strip in Vegas with her boyfriend. Boyfriend will be busy, but so will she. She'll be wrapping up four nights in a row at the sold-out Tokyo Dome Stadium in Tokyo. <laughs> The last show is the evening of the 10th. The Super Bowl is the evening of the 11th. How do you do that? Answer, time zones. Remember, my dad told me that's how Santa Claus did it. When I was old enough to try to figure out Santa Claus. Dad, how how can he do the time zone, son? International dateline. I'll get back to you. Anyway, she will finish at the Tokyo Dome. Call it midnight on the 10th. That'll be 7 o'clock in the morning on the 10th in Vegas. And all she has to do is be in Vegas by like 3.30, right? Game's 5.30 our time. Vegas is Pacific time. So she's got a day and a half to get there. I, I somehow think somebody can gas up a plane and get Taylor Swift from Tokyo to Vegas looking fresh and ready to occupy a suite there and watch her boyfriend uh, and his partner, Patrick Mahomes, beat the San Francisco 49ers, which I soundly want to have happen. I, uh, Brock Purdy's an awesome story. Shanahan's great, uh, and and I, when I think about the city of San Francisco, I'm just sad because it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Lisa and I have loved going there in Northern California a bunch. Of, when it's 147 degrees here, a visit to Northern California is pretty sweet. Not lately, it's not. Not lately, it's not. Ain't been in a while. I ain't going back until somebody fixes that. Um, so, eh, but but the, the Lions, that would have been really cool. Dan Campbell, the Lions, great story. Kansas City and Detroit, not a single team to be found on either coast. Uh, just heartland America, uh, flyover country. Just, uh, just, just, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. 
And the, and the Lions were an easy team to root for. Jared Goff and Dan Campbell and this incredible young talent. And, and it, it was a fun game. And it was a lot of fun if you were a Lions fan. As the Lions went up 24-7 to at the half. It's like you could go grab a sandwich. You could you could go grab. You could leave the house. You could mow the lawn. Mow the lawn. You could uh, do whatever else you do for a couple of hours in the winter. <laughs> uh, but that would have been uh, unwise because while you were away, you would have missed the complete collapse of the Detroit Lions, who went on to lose thirty-four thirty-one. Um, now, Dan Campbell at halftime looked like the coach of the year. On, I was going to say on steroids because he actually does look like he's on steroids. <laughs> and I think that's that's pure, honest work at the gym. Uh, anyway, you're up 24-7 in a game in which you're 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 at the best team in the NFC and you, you're beating up on them 24-7. It's like, what a Cinderella story. This is incredible. The job Dan Campbell has done is virtually incomparable in recent history. Yeah, whoops. Unfortunately, you got to play the second half where they absolutely choked like dogs. Now, here's the thing. Uh, they went for it on on fourth, which is fun. Sometimes it could be gutsy and smart, and sometimes not. My dog is sitting there watching. Don't do that. Not, not this time, Dad. When you were within a range of a makeable field goal that would that would tie the game, did it twice, missed them both, and um, and and lost by three. Man, that was stupid. And I don't just mean retroactively stupid. I'm sitting there saying this is stupid. This is stupid beforehand. When I'm doing that, and then people go, oh, but going for it on fourth is how they got there. That kind of gutsy courage. No, no, no. It's gutsy and courageous when it makes sense. Sometimes it does. It did not yesterday. Campbell, well, there are people, a very good talk show friend of mine said they should fire Dan Campbell immediately. <laughs> that would be Mike Gallagher. Let's talk to Mike in a few minutes about that and uh, in some other things. We got a couple of other things in our opening slate of uh, topicality. Let me uh, hit you with that here next. 866-660-5759 to join us. That's how you call us. That's how you text us on the Patriot Mobile text line. A good Monday to you. It is 724. So there are questions as we begin the week. I place them before you. And in a moment, I will place them before our talk show buddy, Mike Gallagher. What should we do when Iran has absolutely financed an attack on American servicemen that has killed three and wounded dozens more? How is this going to play out on the Texas border as the Biden White House perhaps confronts Texas officials in that portion of the border that we have claimed for ourselves, at least have one stretch of it, that will be protected? How are some political dramas going to play out in Texas and around the country? Let's hop into the newsroom and see what's going on with Nikki. And then uh, Mike and I have our Monday chat right here on 660 AM. The answer 731. I'm just in the mood to do some national anthem. But I thought in our introduction to Mike that I would do one that was one of two really fantastic versions we got yesterday in the conference championship games. In Baltimore, this is the Morgan State University Choir, 
and they did a superb job. And then in generally America hating San Francisco, <laughs> Santa, Santa <laughs> Clara, uh, l- l- recording artist Luis Fonsi, and they and nobody tricked it up. I mean, the choir obviously wasn't going to. It was just good, solid national anthems that you could sing. And so two very, very good national anthems. At least that was something to enjoy. And uh, in well, but there was plenty to enjoy unless you were a Detroit well, no, Detroit not, Lions not fan, dude. Not if you're uh, a Detroit fan. Uh, what a heartbreaker. What uh, a heartbreaker. And I wanted them to win so badly. I did too. They've never been. Yep. I mean, and I'm not trying to be biased here, but I hate San Francisco. <laughs> but this is funny. Do you hold? Okay. Do you? Do we hold? Oh, you've been to San Francisco, right? I have. Do you have, do you have a good time? Is it a beautiful city? Well, is, it, is it great? Yeah. It, it used to be. I know. It's. I know. I know. The Democrats have have destroyed it. It's I not mean, Brock Purdy's a... fault. It's not, my, it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault. <laughs> I blame Brock Purdy. Exactly. I blame him for the homelessness. I blame him for the needles uh, in the cement. Come know, on, I Detroit. Know. I mean, how do you blow? And this Dan Campbell. I Ooh, mean, dude. Bless his heart. Ooh. But my gosh, you know, it's a thin line between. I'm the toughest guy on the block, and yep. I'm going to go for it at fourth yep. and but what fourth and forever. Or I'm stupid, and I should have... T- you think about it. If they'd have kicked the two field goals when they, they were at fourth and long, they win. They win, yep. they win the game. Yep, yep. And so how do, how do Detroit fans... I, I got a dear friend who's a real good, real diehard Detroit Lions fan, and he said, hey, he's the way he is. It's what he does, well, and that's okay. how he but, rolls. But, but, uh, and people are right when they say, hey, going for it on some gutsy fourth down calls like that is part fourth of how they three? got there. But fourth and three with a makeable field goal... That ties the game on the road in San Francisco. No, come on, no. Yeah, I mean the, my, uh, the whole universe is upside down. But at least we got the normal eighty-three million dollar defamation verdict against Donald Trump. Yes, yes, now, we that did. Was, that four, sounded four about times, right. Four times more than she was asking for. Correct. She only wanted twenty because yeah. she's her life has been defamed by him. And what did he do? He denied that he. Yes. Assaulted her thirty plus years ago. Can't have that. So if you're a man, evidently accused of a, of something that heinous, yep. and you deny it, yep. and you say the person is a is a nutbag who's saying it because I never would have done such a thing, you defamed that person yes. and eighty three million dollars. Now there's two big takeaways on this story. Two that I think are so perfect. Mm-hmm. Number number one, the biggest one to me. Forget the outrageousness of the jury verdict and the $83 million. And we're going to have Arthur Idala on the show. He's a top-flight de- defense attorney from New York, the Arthur Idala Legal Power Hour. And he's just so good. He knows that whole system, that whole you know uh, rat's nest of, of New York tainted jurors. So he's going to give us his, his assessment of it. But did you see what Nikki Haley did with it? Hmm, Nikki Haley, as as, uh, as they wrote over at Semaphore, Nikki Haley's campaign against Trump reached a, met a, reached a new phase with five crucial words on her love letter from Meet the Press to her yesterday. Yes. Five words. Mm-hmm. I absolutely trust the jury. <laughs> she absolutely trusts, trusts the, the jury. jury. Now, have you seen who's funding E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit against Donald Trump? A guy named Reed Hoffman. You know who Reed Hoffman is? Why does that ring a bell? Big mega donor. Look him up. Look up Reed Hoffman mm-hmm. and check out his connection to the Nikki Haley campaign. Mm-hmm. 
He's been a bit well. Yeah. He's been a big donor to the Nikki Haley campaign, yeah. and he funded E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit against mm-hmm. Trump for defamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see follow, a picture here? See a pattern emerging? Follow, follow the money. money. Follow, follow the, the money. money. Nikki Haley's all engrossed in the big donors right now. She's got all these. She's got a lot of money pouring sure in right now. Sure, she does because centrist squish America and Democrat America wants her to keep poking away at Trump to keep him busy and occupied so that he can't do what we know ultimately lies ahead, uniting the party and coming after Biden. It's, have you ever seen a bigger waste of money in your life? I, I have, mean, I have the, not. The millions of dollars she's raking in as we speak. I know. You might as well just take a lighter and, and just light that money <laughs> on fire because that's as valuable as it is. It's idiotic and it's a, it just sure, you know serves as a distraction. I loved Tr- uh, Trump's line over the weekend. They're going to indict me right into the presidency. They sure are. They, I mean, they are. I mean, they uh, they don't get and they don't get it, Mark. They nope. don't get it. They never understand it. I mean, eight. Who thinks that she's entitled to eighty three million dollars? <laughs> For him denying that he that he molested her, yeah. and incidentally, it's not rape. They're lying when they said he's been found guilty of rape. They, nope. they, in fact, the jury found the opposite. They said he didn't rape her. They they found him found him liable for a sexual assault that she claims happened. I want anybody to tell me what evidence they produced in that trial. Wink, I know, wink. I know. That said that he molested her. Now, there's no what, way. This, there's no so? way. There's no way the eighty three million survives on appeal. Please ask your guy. Please, please. Have him tell us that, please. There, because usually juries do outlandish things. It's like some of the tobacco settlements, where yeah, okay, we hate cigarettes, blah blah blah, bad guys. But then they get these trillion dollar settlements that that later on are trimmed down by somewhat more sensible judges. Did you did you have? Is it just me? Did you get a visceral reaction to this Friday like I did, like a real gut punch, anger, almost helplessness to this? Short answer is no, because like all the other things, the first thing that occurs to me is, you know, my eyes and my brain say, okay, that's bad. But then I instantly process it into what its real world ramification is. And that's just further evidence that the universe is trying to, or the leftist universe, the Trump hating universe is trying to bring him down. And the base just isn't going to have it. Every single time one of these things happens, I think he wins 40 states. But my question to my, my smart friend is this. It's going to keep happening. March is going to be, February is going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. March is going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. All of these cases are going to keep dropping. Does he Does he survive it? Yes. I, now, I, now I, it's survival. Okay, what's the definition of survival? Am I guaranteeing his win in November? Not at all. When I talk about I envision him winning 40 states, I mean I envision it. It is my fever dream. It is my wish. It is my absolute plausible thought. Because one of two things will happen. All of these things will ultimately wear him down, bring him down, and send people running from him. They will repel voters. Or the other side of the coin is people will step up and say, not just no, but blank no. We will not let these forces tell us whom we can elect, and he'll win maybe in a landslide. Anything's possible. Anything can happen, I guess. Um, All I know right now is that we got Mitch McConnell calling for us to go to war with Iran. <clears throat> We've got a, you know, we have a drone strike that took out our servicemen. Uh, thanks, Joe Biden. I mean, hey, check out the Iranian nuclear deal. That was That's great. That's great. Let's fund Iran, and then they kill ours, and then we wonder why, why we have dead servicemen. And, and there's Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and the globalists of our mm. party saying, 
Here we go. Let's go to war with Iran. Let's bomb Iran. All right. Um, so, okay, pause. So yeah. that the suggestion that we should retaliate by taking out a good chunk of the Iranian Navy is either neocon globalism that is to be condemned or righteous retribution that is to be supported. I think I have – I mean, and I don't know which it is. It's tough. I, what I know is the world's on fire, and we and, and it's our own making. I mean, this whole mess and Israel is just just such a such a mess right now, uh, and you've got such such divisions, and we've got Hezbollah and Hamas, and we have hostages, and we have war in Iran, we have war in Ukraine, we have a border deal, Mark, that does not. And, and Langford and the pro border oh bill people oh are no. confirming this. This is not so one sad. inch, not one inch of wall. No, Langford, a good senator, right? Our neighbors listening northward in Oklahoma, a good guy on so many things. He is, his spine has turned to jelly. Uh, this is an attempt to gaslight everybody into thinking that this is progress when it's not. When President Trump or anybody else steps forward and says, no, this is a bad deal. We don't make progress by accepting bad deals and, and by with, with solutions that are not solutions. I mean, there are, there are some elements in it that are OK. Sure. But lacking 900 miles of wall, that that's that's dead on arrival and it should be. And it should be. It's a bad bill. And Trump said something very, very uh, appropriate over the weekend. He said, hey, blame me. Blame me. That's fine. Because they are. They're making this all about a political battle. It's not politics. It's it's the right thing to do. Right. The reason Republicans are going to reject this is it's a bad bill. I, I, you have the stomach for sending billions and billions of, of do, our dollars to Ukraine as part of a border security bill? Are you kidding me? What does Ukraine have to do with the with the with the tsunami of illegals in this country, the, the bottom line is they're going to reject this. They should reject this. But hey, to their credit, to the left's devious credit, they're going to try to spin this as a political maneuver on the part of the GOP. We're only acquiescing to King Trump. We're only bowing to the blah blah blah. Republicans blah. No. don't want to solve the problem. They want to run on the problem. That's like I know you yeah. are, but what am I? So, yeah, uh, no kidding. Your mama wears cowboy <laughs> or army boots um, or combat boots. I, I want to give credit to our friend and colleague Hugh Hewitt. Hugh is admittedly establishment, and yep. and that's not. I don't say that as an attack. I mean, he would acknowledge it, and he's an inside the Beltway guy, and he has been banging the drum, saying no to this bill. 100%. There's not one. He's so right on this, and I, I'm so appreciative of of Hugh's efforts. And and you know, it's true. It really is when you push back against the your fellow establishment. That that takes some that takes some chutzpah oh, because, because they are mean because I'll tell you when these Nikki are. Haley people are thwarted and when the centrists and the rhinos and the squishes are, are reminded once again that their flavor of republicanism is gone the way of the dinosaur they will be bitter and mean and they will lash out and make it very hard to unite the party as we must do to beat Biden. I, I just want to know, as as a texter on our text line just asked, how do you go to war with Iran while you're giving Iran billions of dollars? <laughs> it's very how's pa- that work? Very passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. Hey, Mitch McConnell, explain uh, that to us. You want you want to you want us to keep sending money overseas? How do you go to war with the people well, that are the beneficiaries of your largesse? I, so that's a good point, and you made a good point. So what? Where does that lead? And I guess we that this is welcome to your show and mine this week, and you know, and, and moving forward. So does it mean that Iran gets to fund people who kill American servicemen 
And we do nothing because of these entanglements that you've described? No. But what it, we, we could start with cutting off the flow of money to yes. Iran. Mm-hmm. For starters, let's stop giving them money. Let's stop funding them. Let's stop making deals with Iran. I, I don't know that we want to go to nuclear war with Iran. I mean, and, and you got nukes involved here. This is not, this is not well, child's they, they, play. Yeah, they don't have nuclear weapons yet. Not yet, but but there's a there's a big warning. I mean, and and Biden is giving a warning warning about nukes as well, a chilling warning. Um, I mean, Iran though may very well accelerate their already well developed nuclear weapons program if we decide to attack Iran. So again, I ask you, do we want to send our sons and daughters to Iran? Let me end on an upbeat note. My let's let's take a break from politics for thirty seconds. I've made no secret about how much I enjoy CBS Sunday morning. I've watched it for years with the late Charles Kerald and then Charles Osgood. Yes, indeed. And Charles Osgood passed away. And they did yesterday's show. If you DVR, do you watch that? They did the whole show as a tribute. I must go get. Surely they'll put that on YouTube or something like that because what a. I was going to text you. What a magnificent man. Oh, oh and gosh. what? And did you know he lived in the south of France with his wife of fifty years? No, and he was a concert pianist. He loved to play the piano. He loved to sing. I can relate. Uh, he he had many many tastes and was smart. And and they do they they did a dive on his life from the bow tie evolution to 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 his. He was a general manager of a TV station at thirty when he became a network radio correspondent yeah. and then catapulted. He was in the Edward R. Murrow, Walter Cronkite generation of people and then even as he became a big big tv star a quiet gentle magnificent kind-hearted man who became a tv star nonetheless he would always say i'll see you on the radio because a reference to the osgood file and he said it to his last he was a radio. T- he was a radio guy at his heart. So, Mark, do me the favor. Oh, if you I do one thing this week. Look up the CBS Sunday Morning Show yesterday. The whole tribute to the great Charles Osgood. He will be missed. Godspeed. Perfect. 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 All right. Happy Monday, my friend. Happy Monday. We are ready. The Mike Gallagher Show loaded and ready to go. Ten o'clock. Soon as we're done on six sixty a.m. The answer. I whisper good night. Turn out the light into the way, 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 way back machine. Making believe. The big time wheel goes to 1944. I'm that was the ink spots. And this is Ella Fitzgerald. So I know you're so I'm making believe from the winter of 1944. Just a little 80-year jump. Well, you don't have to make believe. We've got a lot going on. So let's address it. What in the world are we to do? When Iranian-funded forces kill Americans, do we do something because we got to do something? Or do we do nothing because that risks sparking a war and that makes us look like globalists? uh, Let's work on this together. And there's no shortage of stuff to work on together. So let's do it. 866-660-5759. Mark Davis, 660 AM, The Answer. good night. Turn out the light and kiss my pillow. Making believe it's you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.